ultimately at the end of the night, as long as it played on that board and we got some level of reaction, I'm a stoked teacher. And they are too, they're excited about it. But looking back on the process that they have to go through is realistically what the, what's going to help them in their future. Hello and welcome to the Dactronics Experience Podcast. I'm Justin Oxner here with Matt Anderson. Today we're joined by Bryce Budoff, film and TV instructor at Centennial High School. He talks about the class he's built around the production and the real world experience his students receive at the same time, and all the other aspects behind the scenes of the Peoria Student Broadcast Network for their school. We're here today with Bryce. Bryce, how you doing? Good. Good, thank you. Good. We've got Matt sitting across the table from me as always. Hello. And um, today we're talking about Centennial High School. But first, Bryce, can you tell us a little of your your background and kind of how you got into the position that you're in today with the school? Absolutely. I so I teach film and TV at uh, Centennial High School, and it's a it's a, a job that I've had at two high schools now. I had a little break in between at a at a university, and so I was teaching some some work with them. And then I came up I came across the Centennial High School had a job opening for a film and TV teacher. And the teacher who was leaving was a good friend of mine who had been in the, in the position for many years. He was leaving a program in some pretty big shoes. And so he called up and asked if I would be interested in taking a film job versus a TLC job or a tech job in the uh, elementary school. And um, this was a job that I'd been looking at and wanted to, to, to fill here for a while. So had to take a couple of classes and get into some court, take a couple, do a couple of things with some courses. And uh, then I was able to be able to teach here at the high school level and in the career and technical ed department and take the film and TV class. So I started off as a TLC teacher teaching basic technology skills to uh, junior high students. And what turned, in, what turned out to be that, that elementary job just kind of fed me into my high school job because I, I wouldn't have seen that. I, our, I had no idea that our school district at the high school level was offering programs like this to students um, that would get them working with cameras and doing film work, something that I was very excited. I've been very excited in doing working with film work and cameras since my beginning days in teaching. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to kind of ask, because it seems like, I mean, you talked about you've been teaching in technology, always around technology, and was that kind of always, I mean, you always wanted to be in, in teaching profession, but always made sure it was with technology? Like, what led you kind of down that career path? Yeah, well, I've been, since since my first year teaching, I've been incorporating technology in the classroom with kids. These are second and third graders sitting around a computer, maybe playing a problem-solving game. But um, from there, like back when I first started teaching, video cameras became accessible, and so did editing software on the computer. And so as a second-grade teacher, I was coming up and devising ways that I could incorporate video and all these new technologies into my classroom and into my instruction and hopefully you know, be able to use it in a way that met the standards and the curriculum of the, what, what we were doing in the class there. But what I found when I was using those games and doing problem solving with kids and any time I was using technology, especially when we took cameras out, was that the learning felt so different, so different. It wasn't coming, like I wasn't having to preach or talk or be the person giving some kind of a long-sighted lecture to second and third graders about helper jobs, say, for example, for helper jobs. Back in second and third grade, um, we had 30 jobs in the classroom. So to to make this a bit more efficient and to get the students into some writing and also then to get them using cameras, I I took every one of those jobs and had those kids basically format short, brief narration to what they do for the job. 
and then we filmed them doing the jobs. And as they were doing the job, we um, had them with a little microphone kind of narrate how they were doing it. And then we cut those videos. As a matter of fact, this video that we created back in second grade, I can remember it won some award from Apple Computer called the iMovie Award or something like this. Oh, okay. Way back then, they actually came from Cupertino and they flew into the classroom. They came in and they flew. They flew in. They came over to to the school and came into the classroom and they presented. Uh, it was a brand new. Um, back then, it was, like, they looked like they're IMAX, but they looked like UFOs. They were the big round, like egg-looking ones. I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was that was kind of my beginning stages with working with film and video and children like in second and third grade and I was a brand new teacher really gung-ho and of course that was when computers were just taking off in the classroom and Macintosh computers Apple computer was a really big deal in the classroom so wireless technology all of that stuff was brand new when I first started teaching so I was gung-ho nice and then you kind of took that into into the position you're into today where you've kind of got this, like you said, you're film and TV instructor, but you've also got this uh, Peoria Student Broadcast Network kind of going on. Can you tell us kind of how that, that rolled into or came along with the, the new position that you, you went for at Centennial? Sure. I guess that could be good and bad. Anybody who takes this position is going to be in PSPN. So <laughs> it's come, it comes with the territory. And so they, that, was, that was very thoroughly, I knew that before I took the position that the teacher who teaches the film and TV class on campus is also going to be running the film internship. And it made, it made sense to me. I felt like that's a pretty cool position because you know that the only person who's really going to be in charge and in control of the equipment and everything about the equipment and, and the students who are trained on is me and that there aren't going to be other people uh, using the equipment that may not be trained to do it. So it really it put the position in my hands and I was able to control it. And does that make sense? Yeah, it sounds like it gave you kind of pretty good control over what to do with that position and, and what you can do for those classes with those kids. Yeah, and they made it clear the teacher was going to run the internship because we have a community that we're feeding a stream to at least three games a week. And they we've built a community that expects it. So I, on any given time, especially on a football game, when our sports and athletics are, are raging in the fall, we could be seeing anywhere between 500, 1,000 people watching. Depends on who we're playing. But we, of course, will see anywhere from 15 to 20. It just depends on what the event, on, on what's going on. But it was clear to me that when I came into this school that streaming was not going to be an option. It was clear to me that running a broadcast production company of some sort with these internships, it was not an option. I'm just fortunate enough to work in a district that recognizes the need, right? And they're able to support me with that with a class. They're able to support me with students and, and, and being able to have an after-school six-period class where students can come in and run this equipment for me. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, it's definitely, we were, we were even talking before the uh, the show about how COVID even changed things. Mm-hmm. The, the demand for streaming definitely was something that I would say came after everything kind of opened back mm-hmm. up. But it, I know there's it's, it's very similar to even with us at Dectronics about how a show is run on a video board and what is done to help broadcast and stream it. Can you maybe try to think of a way to kind of tie it together here? When was your first, let's say, introduction to Dactronics and our equipment and kind of how does that fit into your current role as well? Yeah, that was, that was, it, timing's everything. And when I, when I first came on board here at Centennial High School, the Dactronics install was two years after I came on board. So it was like the newest thing on campus really 
And so basically the board, there was a board donated to the school from a former football player. And that install after the, during the install, my mind started ticking. And then it was like, well, there was in the infrastructure side of things, there was no course to support it. There wasn't a class to support the content that was going to be going on the board. And so like in my mind, I just began thinking about ways that we could support it. And then how could I make this long? How could I make this a long-term plan? What can we do as far as like setting down a few things and pillars and like making it something that the counselors now help me fill and get, get going on, on board. And the, the arrival of the DAC board basically created a new class for me. Mm. And I have, and, and I've been able to, kind of use it as the stimulus to it of course like there's digital boards all around campus from all different places whatever and we have a board when parents come into the parking lot that they can see content on that's giving them you know information about this and that important things that are coming up but the ability to be able to present something to that level of an audience especially looking forward to like a fall football season and having the ability for our students to create here in the classroom, but then also see it at seven o'clock at night as the roll on for the football team. I, I just felt like that right there was going to be as real as it gets for them. And yeah. so like everything, when the DAC board was installed, everything started to come into play as far as like, what can we do to make it that kids are producing for it so they can feel the, and experience the benefits of an audience re- yeah. reacting to what they're creating. Yeah, and and that was uh, that was a couple of years ago. I believe that was in 2019 yep. that that started. So with football, yep. you said it's kind of started with that. That was kind of the catalyst for it. And you said you built it kind of off of that. What what uh, what led to the the classroom, and what did you do specifically in the classroom to support that uh, that production? Well, we ended up having to create a section for the class to support it the way I needed to using after school time. That's generally just builds. We're building, we're streaming, and then we're closing the doors and we're putting everything away. So like the time after school to do events and work is so limited that really creating a course around it made the most sense. So we built a course around it and the course runs in the fall and we're trying to get the course to run into the spring. But right now we're just starting small and so we're keeping the course in the fall and right now I'm... I've managed to keep it right around 15, like 15 students in that course. Mm -hmm. Of course, like there's room to grow. It can handle way more than that. But right now it's at 15. And the way I'm filling that, that that Dactronics course is I'm using my intro class and my advanced class to basically market it, sell it, talk about what they can do. You know, in those intro classes, that's when they're figuring out whether they're going to be doing live action or motion graphics for the rest, basically the rest of their high school career. Some of them like them both, right? They like the live action and the motion graphics bit. They like them both together, which is probably one of the biggest benefits of that board is like I can do both. We can have live action on there. I can have motion graphics on the board, whereas a lot of these other boards are just text only or the graphics that show up on the board are they're not – the technology is not as new, so they just it just doesn't look as good. But mm-hmm. if we – just in my mind, I thought if I could create a class, if you build it, they will come. And if I could create a class that had a curriculum that was solid enough where both the admin and then the students, you know, alike were feeling 
like that was fulfilling for them, like they were learning something from them. Obviously, now at the college level, they have scholarship opportunities available to them now that they've had an opportunity to run the equipment. Mm-hmm. All of those things played into building the class, and, and that's what made it happen. If we didn't have the course, I don't think we could have the time really to create the content that they're doing. And we're talking, you want to talk about some of the content that we're doing for the board? Yeah, I was thinking kind of, I mean, you were kind of alluding to the question I was going to have was, what type of content are they responsible for when it comes to the video board, right? And you mentioned you know, yeah. live action graphics, maybe like data layouts and stuff like that. Maybe think about uh, how are you organizing that content and then how does it actually get out to the board for the live event? Okay, so as far as like before we get to organizing the content, like before we do that, we have to talk about like all of the process in that class. So that that class makes decisions all the way from from blank slate all the way to final product. So in that, in that, in a course like this, we have to first decide on things like theme. We have to talk to the team first and see if they've got something going on in their mind, right? Mm-hmm. At least respect the people we're making the video for. And then we talk about our audience and what we're going to do to take whatever vision that team's got or whatever vision we've got collectively together and make it something visual for an audience. So initially, all of that brainstorming stuff and all the stuff that has to happen before production, it's all the same, whether we're writing a story or whether we're making a short film in here. We all have to process together. What? Because if they're not all on the same page, they won't buy in. Mm-hmm. They have to process this together. What is it that we want to build a final product, and then we can go from there. And then, like, we break it down into what kinds of event we we take a look at what's already out there, what exists. We can learn from examples, and then we try to come up with some of our own cool creative ideas. So, I'll, I will pull the. I'll pull a class like that. I'll pull all of my classes just to get ideas from them because the more ideas, the better. But we will ask questions like, what do you see at a pro game? What are some of the graphics that you see? What are some of the games and trivia things that they do? And then I'll, to open their minds a little bit, like they're limited that way. So sometimes you just go, well, what else is there? On radio, what are you hearing in the morning on the way to school for their radio show games and those kinds of things? So we look for content in the way of games. Like, interactive games that our audience will be able to play with us and do with us on that screen because one of our, I'm real big about accountability. Like I want to know who's watching. So there's really no standard for that. There's no way to know who of you are watching. Well, if they get into it and we hear a crowd go, ah, that was the answer. Well, then we know they're watching our board. And I tell my students that we want to hear authentic crowd reaction. I want to know if they're watching. Yeah. So if, if it's, you know, if it's something that buzzes with them, you're going to get something. They're going to do something. You're going to hear the crowd's going to do something. So entertainment is one of them. Like, obviously we want to meet the players. So there's a lot of serious content where we just like have kids, students come in here on green screen and we'll put some simple background in the back, but we try to make it clean, easy to understand if we're going to play audio over the system, super limited on like a long dialogue stuff. We're not doing it on the big board. We've learned just that our audience needs tidbits. They need, it's a 20 or 30 second bit. If that, if it's at the most, even our roll on for homecoming was like right at 20 seconds, it was plenty long. And so, you know what we're learning all here together, Mm -hmm. because this is also my first time through all of this is just so much Mm -hmm. from from like dream stage to reality stage, like realistically, guys, is this really going to happen? <laughs> my my <laughs> initial dream with the board was to create, and this was before Top Gun 2 came out, but my initial, it was already in development. Yeah. And so, of course, I'm an 80s guy and Top Gun was my, 
is my movie. And when a Top Gun 2 was coming out, I have a coach that's probably close to retirement. My whole thing went to that theme. <laughs> and I, like, I, I had the whole thing developed, and it was like when it came time to fly a drone over the football field and then all of the technical aspects that, that were involved in creating a little landing on the football field with a jet, it all just kind of came crashing down. But that's what, <laughs> those are great. Those are great like, examples that we share in the class and go, listen, I, the, not everything is going to work out the way you guys think it is. <laughs> yeah, but you're, that's, that's one of the things we, you know. Yeah, but you're still getting all those ideas, and you're you're creating that different type of content. Like you said, static or video, but also interactive, and you're trying to hear what the the crowd's saying. So you're getting all that aspect. And you said that's the planning steps, right? The planning, then creation, then production, that type of thing. Well, on that creation step, kind of what pro, uh, programs are you using? Is that where they get um, some real world experience with different tools that they can use to make those graphics too? Yeah, the district has also done a good job in supporting us software wise, and we all have the Adobe Creative Suite in this district and so students have access to all of that they have we're mainly on premiere but we're cutting with most of our motion graphic stuff on after effects Um, so premiere after effects illustrator that's the package and that's all they need really to do that we have a few uh, resources that we use on the outside like some assets and things like that Mm -hmm. but for the most part i like them to create their own stuff so if we can get if i can get them to the point where like most of their art is 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 done on their own and most of their graphics and all their, you know, their layouts and things are completely thinking about them own. What it does is it comes back to this. It's all about process. And, and at the end of the day, the parents who are sitting in the audience and my admin and me, we all know not, we all know that the expe- what the expectation is and that, that it's a student production. Mm-hmm. And as long as the process was there and the process was good for everybody, uh, ultimately at the end of the night, as long as it played on that board and we got some level of reaction, I'm a stoked teacher. And they are too. They're excited about it. But looking back on the process that they have to go through is realistically what the, what's going to help them in their future. It's not Friday night at the game. Mm-hmm. It's everything that we went through. It's that planning that happened in the beginning of the stage. Like every other you know, successful production, it's a lot of work ahead of time. And then that final, that final result is like, when we just kind of get to sit back and go, it worked or it didn't, here's what we need to <laughs> yeah. go back and fix or change. But in the way of software that we're running, we're running computers that are no older. I'd say these computers now are about ready to be cycled and they'll, they'll run a cycle throughout all of seven labs. All media labs will get replaced within a two year cycle. And it's, it's going to happen here pretty quick, if nice. not next year. But we're talking about machines that are no older than four years old. Okay. These, these machines that are working in here are no older than four years old and they respect for the software we're using. We specifically had IT come in, look at all of those three, that whole creative suite and make sure that our graphics card and make sure that we all had SD card readers, all of the stuff that for this class, I'm telling you, the district is just a good, doing a great job supporting it because all seven high schools, all seven high, media schools all have 32 machines that are all running the creative suite. That's pretty powerful. And even during the pandemic, we had uh, on the phones, we had Rush. They all had Rush for free, but we also had the ability for them to be able to network into our computers and be, be able to use the assets that, that I had in the classroom. I could teach it basically like I, they were in the room. I just, they had no, hmm. they didn't have access to a lot of the hardware and, you know, the, my equipment, yeah. camera equipment, those kinds of things. And obviously back then filming was hard. Like there was no one willing to be an actor. 
<laughs> this is the one wanted to be breathed on or whatever. Yeah. So. yeah, we're pretty familiar with uh, Adobe Rush. We've we played around with that a little bit on our phones as well, so we're we're familiar oh, okay, with cool. that software. We heard about it at Adobe Max and the capabilities of it, so it's it's able to do some yeah. of those things on the on the fly. So it's it's nice they had access to to those types of you things. You know, as well. that's the thing and the advisory council keeps telling us if you really want to get these kids next level, you got to get portable electronics in their hand. Mm-hmm. And they proved it. Like the guy broke out the brand new iPhone and he's like, "Dude, just look at this new connection." And he connects it to the thing and now he can like it's a hard drive and it's running it's a computer it's like running he's he's doing his editing in his car like his buddies driving while they're finishing these edits and it's 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 so far beyond the what kind of quality you would expect for an edit in your car like it's professional stuff yep. but it they're, they're just they, they keep preaching it i keep fighting it because i'm an old i'm an old school guy and i just <laughs> like no way but I'm telling you it's coming and yeah editing on your tablet and your phone is like a no-brainer now for this generation so yeah we've got some experience with that we've got uh different phones (laughs) with styluses that help us move that timeline along and it it makes it a little easier with a stylus but i'm with you i I do prefer a a mouse and keyboard when i'm editing but that's (laughs) that's the old school guy Mm -hmm. in me too there yeah Yep. And thinking, you talked about all the different things that you've learned with your class. I mean, even starting up brand new, right, with something like this, whether it's with uh, the class itself or the video board and how you use it. Um, can you take us back to that first year a little bit? I mean, kind of your initial enrollment, right? But then how did you help expand it all? I know we had talked about leading up to this episode that there was a video that you had helped uh, created to market the class. Maybe just talk a little bit about how that went on. Well, the video, of course, was created at the end of the course. So we we went through a semester together, 18 weeks together of doing that. And it was the first group. So this group is super special to me. I came up with all kinds of crazy ideas for clothing, dack this, dack that, put this on your sweats and all kinds of like little incentives. We have already our uniform, which is a PS, it's just a black shirt, says PSBN on it. And any kid who took the dack, was in my dack class, got their little dack patch on the sleeve. It was like, tried to make it something super special, right, with this class and make it something that would stand out in their minds. We had talks about what, if we were to order sweats, what would they look like? See, that group of people, we were like a small company. And so, and that first year, just looking for different ways that we could grow it, but then also incentivize like through some kind of, some, some kind of cool, like basically it came down to clothing, but some cool way like that to incentivize this program and get it to where kids can, um, get something more than just something different than PSBN. I tried to separate it because Dactronics is doing more than my normal internship. Like when you take my DAC class, I want it to be super special that way. Like you are going to get your hands on controlling the, you know, the system kind of a thing where they have a real feel. So they're not, those DAC kids, they, a lot of them, they don't even know what they're signing up for. They're signing up to do motion graphics because that's what I'm selling. And the majority of them have never even been in a press box. How many kids have been in a press box? So (laughs) their first time in a press box in front of the control surface, looking at the board lit up, of course, like when we looked at it for the first time, it was just whatever. It was like, ah, what are we we going to do with this massive slate? It's just like looking at a blank piece of paper. And then that's just, that's cool because that's how everything starts. It just has to start that way. You're given this thing. Now, what are we going to do with it? How are we going to structure it? And that first year, those kids had a lot to do with like games and what we were going to come up with. And kind of a lot of the games we created, like hide the ball, move the thing around and try to find which cup the ball's under, that kind of thing. You see it a lot 
on, especially like during a professional game. Or yeah. But yep. word search games, games that in, that involve the um, the players on the team, and a lot of our core kind of what we always create now every fall. A lot of it started there, of course. Okay. What else were we going to do? You know, in there. Right. We had and to start everything from scratch. Yeah, you said every, everything from scratch, right? Obviously, and that's you built it up. But this was. Um, you said a sixth period class, so is that like a it's yeah. it's at the end of the day kind of like extracurricular thing, and then and then you you go from there, and it's technically kind of counts as a work thing too. Yeah, no, actually, making it a class put it into fifth period, so that was cool. Oh, okay. Sixth period would be sixth period would be after school, so he actually the admin here supported it and said we're going to make it an actual fifth period class. It took my prep, so I basically teach. In the fall, I'm teaching two tech classes, one advanced and one period of the Dactronics okay. uh, motion graphics class. So it gave me a full schedule with no prep, but that's that's the way that's the way of the fall. It's just a busy season, and that's what, that's how we work it. But that's a that's a during the day class. Those kids do not have to like. It, it's perfect because most a lot of those kids are juniors and seniors. They work already. Okay. So getting them to stay after school for a class like that is is extra hard. Sure. And like it makes it more difficult for me to fill that class. So it's a good thing, and that's what I was always pushing for was. How how can we do this during the normal school day? And then now we can use this hour. 90 minutes now block schedule. I can use this 90 minutes to pull in a team if I wanted. I could pull in I could pull in the whole defensive football line in that 90 minutes and get them all on a green screen all during the day, all during our regular work day. And for me, the adult who wants to go home to his children, like I'm constantly looking for ways to do that, right? Like how can I integrate and get going with what the hours that we are already here for? And, and use this time maybe even more effectively because if we're not getting it all done, we're doing something we need to fix, right? Nice, so yeah. I try to like effect, get that, get them. That's the whole beauty of the fifth hour class is that you can use your 90 minutes of class time to do it. And then if we don't have an event going on after school, right, then those everyone goes home and it's like a day off from work. And then the next day, if we have an event after school, a lot of those DAC kids will also sign up for my internship. They can get two. They can take it during the day for fifth period, and then they can take it sixth period after school. You'll see a lot of underclassmen doing it because they're not working yet. So I'll get a lot of freshmen and sophomores who aren't driving, who can't really get around, so they'll just stay after school. They'll go to the fifth period class, and they'll just stay after school until the event starts. And I keep them busy. They can be working on motion graphics during that time. They could be creating, pulling data. They could be pulling you know, stats off of max preps or getting whatever they, we need to do to get ready for the next event. I can use that <clears throat> downtime between the time we've set up until the time we actually have an event and you know it's a working group and we get paid a lot oftentimes for some of the events that we do and so we use that we use that money i take that money and i feed them and and if i have 12 kids staying for a setup then i'm buying two large pizzas or three large pizzas or whatever it is that we decide on for food but we we during at the end of the year this same group will go and film all of our feeder school graduations and we'll stream them to the community. You know, 2,000 parents will watch these elementary kids graduate, but it'll be my kids. Everyone else, the whole school will dismiss. They'll all go home for the year and be ready to start their summer, and my PSBN unit will stay behind, and we will stream these graduations. And we stream them from the cafeteria kind of a thing. So... Okay. Yeah, that's they what were. I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna ask that next is if you were using the class to do anything that wasn't necessarily game day related. I know we talked a lot about game day and you getting reactions from the fans and you know like the the 
the three cup movement games and things like that, but you're also doing um, graduations. Is there anything else they're doing for like non game day type stuff? Yeah, so not not necessarily for you know a DAC board specifically, but we because I run a stream, everything that I create that would go on the DAC board, I'm using it in my stream. So it's I'm double dipping every every bit of the content that we're creating. Oh, it's used all throughout the year and in multiple locations. You know. As, as much as we possibly can use our content that we've created. But your question was, give it to me one more time specifically. No, that it was, was about... That was pretty much it. Beyond yeah. the board, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. The, beyond the board or, or non-game day stuff, non-game oh. day stuff outside or non-game day stuff on the board, either way. It's nice to hear that there's there's more than just, you know, this might have been the catalyst for starting the class and everything else, but you're using it for so much more. Oh, yes. And of course, like people now know about us. So like if a coach needs a graphic made, of, they're calling us up. They... We're used as a resource in that class because these are the kids who know media. And if, if you're not in that class and you know media, you're just missing out. You, need, you haven't talked to the right kids yet, or you just, you're lost. You need to get in that class kind of a thing. You know, it, sometimes in high school, it's hit or miss on the classes you learn about when you're this kid. And you don't know necessarily what's out there or what's available. You go to one football game and you see some content on there. You go, oh, wait a second. You mean to tell me a kids, you know, kids are making that? I didn't even know that that was offered here. Many times you go to a campus and don't even realize, hey, they have an auto shop there. There's like doing oil changes in, in the back. You've got like tomorrow the, the, the host of teacher is going to be doing CPR for like the whole 90 minutes. They're good. Kids are going to be like on, on these, you know, these industry standard mannequins doing full-on CPR with simulators hooked up to it. They're going to be able to watch chest compressions and know if whether or not they broke a rib. It's like totally that amazing. And the technology's gotten so good. These CTE wow. classes are, are funding equipment that's being used in like right next door at the hospital. Uh, it's crazy. And of course, the equipment that we're giving the students, I always meet with my advisory council and we make our equipment decisions through them. And so it's not, Dactronics is industry standard, but so is my camera. Like my cameras that we're using out there on the top, we're all 4K up there. Like we're running 4K Panasonic cameras up there. Huh. We're not running computer cameras like that are controlled by a joystick. These kids, they, are, they actually have their hands on a tripod. They're, they're carrying all the equipment up the stands. They're doing the whole build. They're breaking it down. We shut the lights off, right? We're the last ones out of the stands. Mm -hmm. Last night, we shut the lights off. Wow. So it's a, it's a real like full on. So I try to treat them professionally like that way as far as food goes. Cause like a lot of them are coming, they're, they're here from like 6am until 10 at night, especially in the fall for football. Yes. So I have to like feed them. I have to do some things in there that make it, that make it work. I think if I didn't do those things, these kids would just feel like I'm using them. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely, you know what I mean? And they just keep, Producing, 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 but what do I get in the end kind of a deal? And waiting four years to graduate sometimes doesn't cut it for a kid. You need, to, you need some more gratification than that. You need some other something else that's going to motivate you to keep showing up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we, we've talked to a number of uh, high schools and colleges too, right, where they um, first got a video board or first got something similar where a class came up or a multimedia class almost got converted over into this, helping out with live events, production, and all these and um, and you talking about even already like you're the one turn the light off. They're helping out with the camera stuff, mm -hmm. all these things. Um, we've heard though that like they lo another aspect to it is they love it because there's kids now that get to have a role in athletics without having to be an athlete. Is kind of the overall uh, just like I guess of what I'm trying to say. Is that something that you've kind of heard too from this? Like you have 
I don't know, kids being more involved now in the football team or more in the sports because they're helping out with these productions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and the coach, I've had a lot of help with the coaching staff that way. And it's been a nice connection because, you know, coaches feel the same way about their players. You may or may not make it on the, even to my third string. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to let us do a player down. If you're out there trying to play for football and you've dedicated your whole summer to it, but then to find out your third string or whatever – Right. And here at Centennial, we might have four strings. I don't know, but it's a huge team. And when I go out there on a game night and there's like 120 players standing around there waiting for their turn to play, like it is it is my reminder that there are other things in sports for you, kids. Mm-hmm. And there and this is one of them. And, and I'm like, the coaching staff has been very keen to that. And, and, and especially the football coach, because, you know, it was a former player who basically dedicated and gave him that scoreboard. Yeah. So his immediate thought was, I have football players who, like, who need to learn that board because they've been watching football with their dad since, like, two. And they were on the little junior high team up here. They're, they're, they've been playing football all their life and going to see professional football. They know exactly what needs to go on that board. They just don't realize yet that they can do it. Mm-hmm. And Coach was, like, very ad- – in the beginning especially, like, very adamant about making sure he knew – his football players knew that this program existed and, and that, that this was an opportunity for them. That, and like I say to my students here, look, stick, stick around for the credits. <laughs> stick around for the credits long enough. And yeah. if you just watch, dude, you're going to see uh, – you're going to see pet owners. You're going to see culinaries popping up. You're going to see all these jobs you never thought existed in the film world. But you qualify, and, and it's cool because you're dipping in in a high school at the high school level. You're already kind of like dipping your fingers into all these different areas, even though it might not be specific. You might not ever be a director in your life, but you've worked with the camera. You've worked with an editor, and anybody with a right mind who's going to hire you is going to look for your past experiences all around, not just one specific area. So you might be a football player for four years of your career and then get injured and you're done, but you don't have to be done with sports. Mm-hmm. You can get on this board and you can learn motion graphics. You don't have to like, or you could be behind the marketing and the business side of it. Yeah. Maybe you're a football player who doesn't have the motion graphics in it, but I can sure use your mind for like, how are we going, what are your ideas on creativity? What are your creative ideas? Maybe you don't have the, you know, the technical ability or skill to be able to work with software and hand-eye coordination to be able to do that kind of thing. Not everybody does. Or the ability to be able to retain it, but you could be good at marketing, and, and, and sports marketing is a very big industry, as big as it gets. So, yeah, this, the board, the teachers, the staff, everyone has, like, seen it as something that can be used all around. Mm-hmm. Because if we're making a commercial for a club, and like we have the Relay for Life coming up, we will be definitely be using the board for that. Well, Relay for Life, that runs from three o'clock until nine at night. Mm. And if we have the right content on the board, you're gonna get parents to give, donate, do whatever. If you create the marketing and the advertising for the board on Relay for Life Day, you're in the money. You are gonna get people volunteering, whatever you need, teachers, if you want it, put it on that board on Relay for Life because you're going to have people from all around the state walking our track who are going to be here to fundraise for cancer. And now we have a board, and now you guys can use it for that. Yeah. So, if, well, and, and right now, at this, we're young right now. Like I mean, in the semester, like this is only the second week. And when, when you're in a block schedule school like this, 
this is a brand new year for my kids. Okay. So starting in Jan- you know January, whatever, last week was our first week back. They're brand new kids to me. And it's a brand new semester. Like, mm-hmm. I have all new kids in my internship. It's, my soccer game last night was ridiculous. It was like me. <laughs> it was me and 10 new kids. Oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, where did all of my people go? But, <laughs> you know, they're all working. I have a lot of kids working and stuff. So it's like, and I have kids who are doing wrestling, like managing wrestling. But, like, they're double, they're trying to do me and do PSBN. And then they're trying to manage wrestling at the same time. So it's like, it's a balancing nightmare, of course. Mm-hmm. So I had to start with really young people this semester, and that's okay. And the, I have two or three, you know, stamp kids who are, have been in the program now for two or three years, and they're the ones who I really lean on, and it, they do help make it. They, do, it. they are what makes it happen realistically. I can't do it all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, that's good. I, like, cause it, I mean, the talking about how it's definitely a career path now, right? I mean, even – I'm thinking back, Justin, recently we had uh, went out to Gillette Stadium, right, and we talked with, it was uh, Abby Thistle, who's their director of event presentation and fan engagement, and and, and Jen Gahan was there too. She's their manager of game entertainment, but they had talked about, like, gosh, yeah, here's, you know, everything we do, and I wish we had something like this when we were in yeah. high school or maybe even college and stuff like that because, I mean, they've been they've been around doing it for a while too, so it's one of those... I wish we had something like that when we were kids, but Justin, as we talk to more and more colleges and high schools, it's just interesting to see that. Like, okay, there's a whole new wave of kids coming up that have been a yeah, part of this or they had have classes. it. Yeah, yeah, they have it. So it's it's a whole different world for them having this at their fingertips. Yeah, and that's I'm not. It wasn't necessarily a question here for it, right? but it was just like, hey, the work that you're doing right now obviously is exciting and stuff, but it can definitely set the kids up. And I think you made that comment earlier in the episode about. Yeah, you can end up doing this in college or get scholarships for this. And then it goes beyond that when we talk to colleges, they tell their students, you can make a career out of this. You can work for either the college full-time, you can be a freelancer for these different things. Like an event production or graphic skill in this sense is definitely becoming more and more of, a, of an industry thing. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. When the Super Bowl came here to Arizona, was it two, three years ago, mm-hmm. they were advertising for tri- – the production hub was advertising for TriCaster. They, could, they couldn't find enough people to run TriCaster. So <laughs> they ended up having to bring, bring people in from out of the state to run TriCasters for all of the different events. Wow. You know, just wrapped around the two weeks around Super Bowl. It was really a month. So the two weeks before and then the two weeks after. Jeez. There were so much demand for – um, for for production out here that they could not keep up. They had to hire people from out of state to and and also equipment, obviously. But yeah. TriCaster, if you were a TriCaster operator, you had a job during the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. You had a job if you were if 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 you needed a job that time, you could you could easily have gotten anywhere really in media during the Super Bowl. Those, that whole month, you could have had a job either running a camera, running a TriCaster, or doing some kind of production. There were parties every night, and all of them were streamed, and they wanted them all done for high end. And they wanted them all done, you know, professionally, that kind of thing. So, right. now, this is all career. This is all career-based stuff. Everything I teach in my class, it's career and tech ed. So, everything around what I do is hands-on. Ninety-nine percent of the time, they're working with equipment. Like they're either on a computer or they've got a camera in their hand. My my room is set up. It's a split room, so I have a lab on one side and I have a studio on the other. So during second period, we run a TriCaster in a studio with three cameras and teleprompters and oh, wow. I have studio lights and they come Jeez. on live. They have a, it's a live practical two sets. Yeah. So they have a desk and then they have a, and then they have what kind of like a light news area where they can do stand up and have people come on and be guests. But they, 
they are so, in my opinion, like if they are not taking advantage of all of this stuff that's getting thrown at them, these kids are just, just missing out. They're just missing out. But most good thing, the good news, good news is they love this stuff and they're eating it up and, and marketing for, for a class where you have these kinds of, uh, where you have this kind of ability to, to share what the content you're creating, they've never seen it before in their life. YouTube is nothing compared to something like this. And they get to see it when they get to see the audience reaction, uh, you know, off of a 20 second video that they've created versus maybe some comment that's posted in a YouTube, yeah. you know, thing, totally different experience. Yep. And yeah. the, the film students know it best because my film students all get to go to festival with me. And so they know what it's like to sit in an audience of filmmakers who respect and love film. And at the end of obviously, ev and everyone in the audience is a filmmaker and they're all high school filmmakers. The applause that you get when your stuff gets to show in front of three, 400 kids who love film, it, there's nothing. Oh yeah. Right. The that's like the athletic part of it, right? Catching it, a so. touchdown when you're yeah, a, a yeah. football athlete yeah. and the, the rush fans cheering yeah. for you. That's yeah. that kind of sense. It's the same yeah. thing. No, same, same, same feeling, same chemicals going on there. Just love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. So we've, we've covered a lot of different aspects here and I got one, one final question for you is if, if, you've got advice for another high school that's kind of in a similar situation or they're getting a video board or they're looking to do, uh, upgrade their broadcast for their school and for their students. What's the, the one uh, piece of advice or suggestion you'd give them? I only get one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you've probably got 75, right? Let's see what the top one is. Okay. Right? <laughs> well, in a nutshell, I always remember this. I always remember this in, on the airline that she always tells you before you guys take off, she's like, Hey, if, if the oxygen masks come down, adults, you better be taking the first breath because before you help your children, because if you ain't taking the first breath, you ain't there to help your children. Yeah, so okay. like suck the oxygen first, right? Take care of yourself first. And then you can take care of your loved one who's sitting right next to you, but you better be awake and alert for it because you're the adult, right? Mm -hmm. So like my advice to anybody who's trying to do this is look out for yourself. Make sure that you have built a team of kids right? Not adults, because you can't, they all have lives, all of these people and me too. So like the whole thing is take, take the breath of oxygen first and figure out a way to, to where you can make this program run without you knowing that you're never going to not be there, but knowing that if you weren't there, like if you could pretend you weren't there, like if I had a substitute in the room, I always tell these students, if I had a sub in the room, this, I should never, no one on campus should know that I was gone. The production should just go without a flaw. Okay. And no one would ever know that there was a sub. So my, my advice to anybody taking this on is you have to take care of yourself first. So, like, make sure, like, infrastructure-wise, you have supported yourself with all kinds of people, people who know about how to create content, which hopefully are going to be your students if you're a teacher, people who know about the whole marketing side of it, because that's not something everybody's trained. How do you go out and like shake hands with people and eye contact and then get them to buy a product? Well, not everybody's cut out to do that. So you got to network and get people and you don't have time. So mm -hmm. you got to pick and choose what you're going to be specializing in and then let everybody else around you who, who is going to support you and love on you and help that program grow. You got to let them in and you got to let them work and you got to give them jobs because, and give them jobs. You can't, that that you can take off your plate because you just can't do it alone. Yeah. So I've learned here, right? Family first. You got to take care of yourself first. You got to you got to breathe. Take a, take a nice big breath in for yourself first, and then everything else will fall into place if you just set up a, a nice little network of people who can support it okay. and try to get try to get you know in 
try to get, make sure you have a foothold, right, with your, with your AD, if you're a high school, make sure you have a foothold with your AD because you want to be a part of all of the decision-making process that happens with the board. You're already such a big part of it because you're the one creating the content. So don't let, like, don't let a meeting go by where you're not involved in that. Make sure that you're involved in everything that's going on because you don't want surprises in there. You know, everyone has to work together on it. If we're going to be creating content on a board and it's going to involve a PTSO and it's going to involve all these other people, well then, and, and in the end, it's going to involve the person who's creating the product, which is me, right, mm-hmm. or the media teacher. You better be involved in that conversation because then at the high school level, you want to protect what's on your plate. You know, you get to pick and choose what's on your plate. If you don't show up for those meetings or if you don't, you know, if you're not involved with with every aspect of it, then you take those chances. But it doesn't have to be you. You bring people with you to those meetings. You bring three students with you to those meetings because they're going to actually get more out of it than you. The teachers always, my mind's always somewhere else. I'm thinking I have ulterior motives. I'm thinking about how's this going to affect my bedtime? How's this going to affect, right? These are all things that kids are never going to think of, but you bring them with you to the meeting because you're going to need, you're going to, you're going to use them for figuring out problems and you can't figure out all these problems on your own. So bring those kids with you. But then also like I have adults now because we feed them. I have adults now who are helping to feed. I have, I have an adult. I have a family who came last semester, brought the barbecue, did the whole cooking thing, right? Like they <laughs> yeah. did the food for me. I didn't have to worry about a thing nice. and it was tacos. It was very good. And then all my interns ate, we ate right at the snack bar. They ate. So involve the parents because you have parents on board that, that might know more than you. Who knows? They might be involved in the industry. You just don't know to you, to you ask it, but don't be afraid to ask it. Uh, the money thing, I thought, oh, we'll just make money and we can buy our own food. Well, what if we could make money and then buy equipment? And then just let the parents take care of the food. Yeah. So all of that's kind of coming into my mind here now. Sure. You know, it's all starting to make sense. You got If there's a group of people out there who will support you, you have to use them. So mm-hmm. suck the oxygen first and then give it to the kids. But you got to take care of the adult first and then things will fall into place. It's a big deal. And so uh, big deals need a lot of structure. You need a little infrastructure back behind it. The board shows up, but there's a whole lot of stuff that has to happen to make the first little you know, piece of content go up there on that screen. You're, yeah, it sounds like set a, set a good foundation and, and build it to grow, and it'll continue being successful and, and go from there. So, uh, Bryce, I so, want to thank you for, for taking the time to, to sit down with us and, and share all of this information and everything <laughs> you've got going on at Centennial High School. It's, it's great to hear, so thank you so much. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. I really, I appreciate you guys asking me to do it. It's nice to be able to share out the good news. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dactronics Experience Podcast. Please subscribe at your favorite place to listen to podcasts to keep up with our latest episodes. 